Hello, hello. You're listening to For the Girls, Gays and Days, the podcast where two friends process their emotions concerning pop culture of note to the fruity folk. From <laughs> film to television, music to literature, we're here to tell you what caught our queer eyes this week. I'm Colt, he, him. I'm Alex, they, them. Welcome. Welcome to it, baby. <laughs> right, to get us started, category is film. Mm, film. I am both late and early to this particular party in that the film was released in, I think, late October in the States mm. and will not officially release in the UK until January. But I was able to get my hands on a screener of Tar. Yes. Written and directed by Todd Field, uh, starring Kate Blanchett as um, Lydia Tarr. Uh, the film is set in the international world of classical music and centers on Blanchett's Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composers slash conductors and first ever female chief conductor of a major German orchestra. And the film sort of follows her descent into disrepute, I suppose you could say. Yes. I loved it, I must say. I think the reaction from critics has been pretty pretty glowing. I think the reaction from general audiences has been a bit more mixed. Personally, I loved it. I think it's slow, granted, but like methodical, mm. if that makes sense. Like it feels very purposeful it never at any point feels meandering and when you're sort of anchored by Kate Blanchett playing a lesbian yes you you can't you can't ever go wrong I've also re- recently rewatched because of course we're getting into the Christmas season I rewatched Carol, Carol. yes um, before you said it I knew that is my Christmas rewatch yeah it, um, it, it kicks off the Christmas season for me every year Every it's, year. it's it's the first one that just sort of mm. mm, mm, wets the appetite for, for for the Christmas season, and Kate Blanchett is so good in this, just mesmerizing, and so oh her voice is just something else. I I never want to stop listening to her voice when she speaks when she starts speaking. And kind of especially in this in this character and and sort of her characteristics that she's using here, where she's very sort of kind of aloof and a little bit cold, but like belying a deeper passion, that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. very much, very much my jam. Uh, and of course, it, it's tricky because she's very much like a, I don't even know if she's an antihero. I think she's supposed to just be a villain. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, that's what I wanted to ask you. I, from what I understand of the film, I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what what I understand of the film is it sort of a, a a long summer, a long think on genius uh, versus being an absolute monster, um, and what that exactly means in the creative space, and what we can't we let people get away with when they're incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, there's very much that and sort of her abuse of power yeah. is quite sort of slowly but surely doled out to the viewer. Like it's, it, it doesn't sort of whack you over the head with it right at the start. It sort of sews it into the film 
as like more sort of layers of things are sort of revealed around her and around the people around her and by the end it's it's, it's very apparent that like she really is not a very is not a very good person mm. and has and has very much abused her power and sort of really not been <laughs> not been the greatest person no no yeah um, to have she's married right and yeah um... she's she's married in the film and she sort of has inappropriate relationships with the women that work for her and mm. there's a lot of sort of manipulating the women around her to sort of get what she wants out of it but sort of the promise of furthering their careers and then there's, there's certain characters who that doesn't happen for and seeing the way she sort of turns on on these characters as well when she sort of has no more use for them the way she sort of turns on them and sort of drops them not only very quickly but also incredibly viciously not she's not a, she's never violent in the film but the it's it's an emotional violence it's it's a mm. mental violence that really is is quite striking and i definitely found myself throughout the film fighting against my ethos of um i support women's rights but more importantly i support women's wrongs yes as we have our whole lives we called and i um are big fans of letting women burn shit down because mm. sometimes but things it, need to be burnt but in this case she's abusing women so yes, we, we there's you know there's rights and responsibilities there's a line so it's that it's that thing of like i'm so deeply attracted to what kate blanchett is doing which I think is, is sort of very much the the point of the film. Exactly. Because the people around her are, are, are the same thing. She is this sort of like musical genius. She's sort of this enigmatic figure, yeah. just sort of very sort of sharply but simply dressed in, yes. in a number of suits and, and shirts and blazers. And you know, you know how that does that for me. Um I think everybody everybody sees Kate Blanchett and just gets down on their knees, don't they? I mean, uh, it's natural. And I would say so they should, but in this film, maybe they shouldn't. Um, maybe that Don't shouldn't be the take. That definitely not maybe that definitely shouldn't be the takeaway from this film. That's what I was going to ask you too. <laughs> like, what is what are one of your takeaways? Because my my horrible habit a couple of years ago, and I really have worked on it about myself, is if a creative person is good at their job, I often do. Um, give them yeah. a little bit more leeway to yeah. to be how they want to be in the world. Yeah. But the more I've reflected on that the past couple of years, the more I've realized that how somebody impacts their world around them is just as important as their output. Um, yeah. and, and so, I mean, there is a very interesting sort of monologue or exchange in the film that's sort of one of the most famous exchanges on in the film I think mm -hmm. where um Lydia Tarr is speaking to one of her students who expresses an aversion or like a disinterest in 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 Bach because he was not not the best person and is sort of a cis white het man with a problematic past and the, the, this character sort of expresses a disinterest in that is that that's not really for me as like a person of color and a queer person that's not th this particular character um mm. sort of expresses that that's not really for him and then the exchange from Lydia Tarr is like 
I forget the exact wording of the line, but it's sort of don't be so eager to be offended, I think is sort of her response to that. Oof. And it's sort of her argument is that it's it's is gonna be very limiting for you if you only if you limit your engagement with a with a piece of media to to people who are just like you. Well, is, I don't know if that's actually what that person was saying. Yeah, it's not really. And it, it, is, it, is a, it is a very interesting exchange because it's the thing of, and, and sort of hearing from certain critics and, and, and different people who've experienced the film with an audience. I, I obviously was not, was not able to do that because I watched the screener. But mm. people who've watched it with an audience have sort of said that that, that particular scene has elicited very different reactions. Mm within the same scene sort of like people being very on Lydia Tarr's side in certain parts and then very on like the student side and other parts and I think it's it is it, it goes to the the really masterful writing in in of the film in general that it's sort of able to to touch on that thing of like can you really separate the art from the artist is that um is and then possible? commenting on that with with the character of Lydia Tarr in another in and of herself yeah it's yeah, it's fascinating. It is a fascinating film. I think it's it's very, and I don't I don't think I I mean it, it is something like you said that I've I've also pondered over a lot in the in the mm. past, and it's something that that we've had many many discussions over. Mm. Um, I mean, right now I'm wearing a Potter related um, Christmas jumper, <laughs> which is it's it's very like. It's it's one of those things of it's something that was very important to to both of us in, in sort of growing up, but now it's sort of very much tainted by the artist of that yeah. original source material, and it's something that we've we've struggled with in various in various forms. But um, I think so coming tough, out of the film, you know. it's 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 hard to have like a, a a definitive sort of stance on that coming out of the film. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily the point of the film to leave you with the definitive stance of that coming out of the film. That's what I that's what I understand of it. And I appreciate that. I think in these situations, especially in Tar situation, um, there's nuance there that I think mm, people mm-hmm. miss out on a lot. Um, and it's so tough to always internalize art. I mm. think at the end of the day, you end up taking a part of yourself away if you internalize everything. Mm-hmm. and sort of take away the context of it and what it meant to you in that moment and treat it as if it is a reflection on you if you enjoy something made by somebody who is a deplorable person in most yeah. ways. Because it's it's actually not, and, you know, there's nuance. There's nuance mm. there. And it is a sort of different thing of of sort of appreciating a piece of art as opposed to contributing to an artist's furthered career or further development and and exactly. you're sort of lining those artist pockets mm-hmm. i think that's something very different mm-hmm. which i mean the argument made in tara's is that these people have been dead for a very long time um very long i mean apart from lydia herself but like in that in that particular argument where you're saying Bach. like you can't yeah. bark and Be- beethoven and, and all these people <laughs> were probably were not great people and there's there's no. a number of filmmakers there's a number of writers who when you i mean if you really look for it you're you're good and it is sort of towards what lydia tara is saying it's going to be very limiting if you exclude um artists who are problematic from your consumption of media it's true because of the way that like a lot of media systems have been built 
to to sort of enable those people <laughs> it's going to be very limited to just not consume consume any of that media and it's very much a thing of now when there's people who are actively problematic in the present that's a different matter like you're not going to catch me spending money on potter related material now exactly following this like you you're not going to find me not that you would have found me before, but you won't find me, you know, streaming any sort of Kanye music or R. Kelly music. Mm. Or no, it, I'm not not going to do that. But it's but a Tom, different thing to yeah. sort of go back to stuff that I, I maybe already sort of have access to, or stuff that's not going to end up lining pockets of people. It's 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 a very complicated and and as you say, nuanced. It really is. I think the the biggest takeaway I always have is if I feel like shit doing something, I won't do it. If I feel good doing something mm. in my own way, I'll do it. And in the end, mm. it it is a it is a personal experience. I won't sit yeah. there and judge anybody who who does something that I wouldn't do. But I'm not going to put on a, a Kelly record. I'm not going to go buy a you know a Woody Allen DVD. Um, do they still sell DVDs? Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna. Do they? Do they actually? That's a very good question. I wish they would because I would like yeah. to hang on to some pieces of art. But what I'm saying is, yeah. these pieces of art I wouldn't hang on to. Um, no. Moving swiftly on from that very nuanced and complicated discussion, of which there is no definitive ending. Not clear answer. No. Let's move on to the next category, which is television. Yes. Alex, what you been watching? I, like any good gay, have been watching um, the Allward Generation Q. So in case you missed it, this is uh, the rebirth of the Allward um, a few decades afterwards with a completely new cast. We're now in the second season and we pick up with the characters about a year after the end of the last season. Um, there were a whole bunch of threads they left open, obviously, so they could get renewed. Classic TV. Yeah. Um, they since got renewed and they had to pick up all the threads. And I don't know if they managed to scoop all of them up quite as neatly as they wanted. Mm. However, it is a mess and I love a mess. <laughs> um, it's a gay mess, so it's even better. None of I mean, these... that feels on brand for any yeah. sort of L word related property yeah. to be a mess. I feel like yeah. the L word proper was a mess from the onset and throughout, which what yeah. made is what made it so enjoyable. <laughs> so great. It, it's so great. Um you'll see uh trans people, lesbians, uh, gay people, uh everybody's in the pool <laughs> and none of them have their lives together. Nobody I thought you were gonna say none of them have their clothes on. <laughs> Only the old people have money. The young people, I don't even think, have savings. It's it's a it's a complete mess, but it's yeah. easy to follow the mess. Um, there are mm, some mm-hmm. moments, but I do think there's two things I want to bring up, and my mm-hmm. my two my two big takeaways are that Jamie Clayton is fine as fuck. Um, that is it's so important to mention. I think yeah, uh, yeah. Alicia Haley give her her um, flowers. Yeah, just hot that woman. And then um, Leisha Haley is still incredibly watchable. If you are a Tibet person, if you are a Bettentina person, played um, by Laurel Holloway and uh, Jennifer Beals, these two characters in these two episodes that are out, I think there's actually three episodes out, sorry, three episodes, 
you do get the feeling that they were based very heavily on fan fiction mm. because they are very neat and very tidy and everything that you kind of imagined in your headcanon they would say to each other, mm. they are saying to each other. Mm. And it's going to be frustrating for some people to see what happens because they kind of wanted a tricky, messy character to not get their flowers because of how they treat their significant other. But on mm. the other hand, there are people who say that every relationship goes through ups and downs and, you know, they deserve happiness. If you enjoyed the film, Imagine Me and You, then these first three episodes will be very pleasing. Mm. Um, there's a little shout out to it. The uh. last scene of Imagine Me and You is pretty much the last scene of episode two, I think. So... It's 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 very pleasing. Um, the the young cast I hope will take over for the rest of the season. They're very interesting, mm. very good performances. Um, from the outset and throughout, I mm. think um there are some characters, specifically one, that is one of the older generation who will never ever learn mm. a lesson, and I think mm. will always be messy. And so that's always there for people who want it. I yeah. was gonna ask because I obviously watched the entirety of the of the l word proper yeah we watched um, it together yeah yeah some of it yeah i i'd started gen q and that I'd, I'd watched the first episode i think maybe the first two mm-hmm. um and then i sort of fell behind and i haven't i haven't gone back to catch up on it yet i've been meaning to for the longest time but and i and i will but i did sort of want to ask how it compares to the original series for you and oh. has I mean, you sort of touched on it, but has it been satisfying where the original cast have sort of ended up in the time frame between the ending of the original series and 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 this series? It's interesting to chew on. It's interesting to think about. I mm. think for me, there will be nothing quite like the experience of seeing that first episode of the original L word because there was not a lot of queer content on. Yeah. So yeah. It, it kind of, it set my heart racing and I mm. couldn't watch it during regular hours and I watched it in secret yeah. and I was very, yeah. it gave you that thrill. It's sort of like the first time you meet somebody that you're very attracted to, you know? Yeah. When you meet them again, the attraction's still there, but it's never ever going to be the same as that first mm. Mm-hmm. A first um interaction so it's, well, it's then, tricky to do you think that this? this show could be that for a younger generation my only critique with it is is that perhaps they need one or two younger people in the writing room the uh, way they've written about gen z and the way they've kind of even in these last three episodes of the newest season there's some Mm. character in there who's just there for banter who they just make fun of from the outset and throughout who likes to watch tiktok and it lives a non-monogamous life and all these things and i just think if you're trying to talk to that generation then don't necessarily maybe include them in the conversation rather talk rather than talk about them maybe yeah i think so i think Mm. um that is my one critique for them Maybe just sit in the writer's room and and think about what it's actually like, even in Los Angeles now, to be a queer person with all that history behind you, but not a lot of older gay people to talk to Mm. because of all the things that have happened in history. 
Um, you know, the country you're living in isn't always for you. Los Angeles mm. is obviously a very accepting space, but is everywhere else in America. Um, yeah. What does it mean to, yeah, what does it mean to not be able to pay rent? What does it mean mm. to, I think it's, I think it's big downfall is maybe if it's writing from people who are a little bit older, mm. they forget what it was like, how badly it sucked yeah. to be um, twenty two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And in terms of the the original cast who sort of returned, sort of Bet, Alice, Shane, is it mm. satisfying where they're at with on on the show? Well, Shane, no, I find Shane to be one of mm. the most frustrating characters on TV. But I was is that never different a from the original Shane? show. I was never a sub. I think people always like um, had yeah. a thing for Shane and kind of overlooked it all. Yeah. But I always found her incredibly frustrating. Yeah, she is just as frustrating now. She okay. has. A woman who loves her in a beautiful house, enough money to run a small country, it seems. <laughs> she has a bar, and yet she is restless. And I'm mm. sitting there going, get it together, baby. But um, Bet and Tina, I think I'm so happy Tina found a backbone in this new season. And it's pleasing to watch Good her talk fuck off sideways even though she can't seem to quit bit uh, which yeah. will be her life forever i think can she, she really also... be blamed for that though <laughs> not her fault i mean everybody yeah. looks at jennifer beals the same way <laughs> yeah um she literally had another woman with a great income lined up to go in a city mm. that was in los angeles um yeah. wanting to marry her and all Bet had to do was sigh in her direction. And she was like, well, shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Bet literally just sighs, pulls a glass of wine and sighs. And Tina goes, oh, fuck, I'm back. Which <laughs> 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 is hilarious. And yeah. Alice, you, you oh. sort of mentioned how Leisha Haley is, is still on form. It's so great because I think if you're going to watch for any reason, it would be to watch her just still be a mess, still be a bisexual chaos monster. <laughs> but in like a way that is so endearing. She, mm. she, um, she's always trying to grow. She's mm. always trying to be there for people, but she definitely knows where her line is. Like, I think there's one line where um, Angie, who is Bet and Tina's grown up kid, she, mm. because Bet and Tina are still in their Bet and Tina bubble, um, Shane and Leisha, um, Shane and Alice also go to drop Angie off at Varsity. And she stood there and um, Shane's telling her, oh, if you have any issues, just give me a shout. And then Alice goes, yeah, well, give me a shout too. I'm not going to answer the first time, um, <laughs> but give me a call regardless. I'll try and get back to you. And it's just so great. Love, like, Love she just that. She delivers it so perfectly. Yeah. Um, and she's so comfortable in that character, and she's mm. so watchable. You could, I, she could have a spin-off show where she just. I would tries, watch it. Cause she I mean, is dating I should really watch this stuff. show first before I, I I start committing to spin-off series. I should start <laughs> watching this one properly. But yeah, sips tea. Um, but, <laughs> and overall, I think it's a good watch if you just mm. want to see gay people living. It's it's a great watch, and it's good to support <laughs> queer make. I think everybody in the show is queer. Most mm. of the cast backstage are queer. Mm. Obviously, there are two very famous people in the show who are heterosexual, but 
doesn't mm. matter. The yeah, most we, of the we won't hold that against them. Yeah, it's not their fault. It could happen to anybody. Yeah. Cold. I know. I know. Yeah. You know, um, just the presence of you know trans characters being happy and nobody dying mm. is a very low bar that it crosses, and that's all I well, really need. Yet. <laughs> you remember it took the l word what four seasons to get to that um Oof, they made that ball yeah. impossible <laughs> <laughs> but they're now um, uh, yeah. yeah and on that happy note we're gonna take a quick break <laughs> yeah. and we will be right back and we're back and alex category is music and I thought for this section this week, it would be fun to talk about our Spotify wrapped slash Apple replay because <laughs> I'm an Apple shill <laughs> and I don't <laughs> use Spotify. <laughs> and for the first time ever, we've gotten an actual version of that with replay this year. It's not it's not as detailed or as well um, graphically designed as perhaps the Spotify wrapped. Um, but, Sorry but to that graphic there. designer. Culture's <laughs> hit you with a bus. Oh, baby. I mean, you know, um, it's it's very Apple, I'll put it that way. It's very minimalistic, which I appreciate. But yeah, some people love it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just discuss top five artists. Who's Who's at your number one? Well, or should we start at the bottom and work our way to the top? Let's do that. Yeah, let's go bottom to the top because my bottom yeah. is much less embarrassing than my top. Um, Thundercat is in my number five spot. He ah. um, plays bass, is a producer, and had a really good uh, song with uh, the Gorillas. Oh. Also came to Birmingham on tour, but I was not about being with 300 other people in the room. But really good sort of yeah. funky, Ooh. sexy tunes. What was your number five? My number five was Pomplamus. Oh, yes. Oh, great. Who are an American husband-wife duo. Oh, I didn't know they were husband Who do rearrangement covers of popular songs. I think they put out a new song every week which is probably why they're at my number five. I don't have a single one of their songs. I think I maybe have like two of their songs in my top 100, let alone anything. I mean, I love them to pieces, but mm. I think the reason they are at my number five is because they put out a, a lot of music in a year. Um, and also they're fantastic. Like the covers are all really good. They're They're mostly quite like chill. Yeah. covers like they're not I would never describe them as bangers yeah. but I also think that they're like my go-to for playing in like a social situation like when you have people over or like you're chilling in the park and you like want to have some music on that's a little bit chill but it's also going to have people hit people in their member berries if that if if you get my if you get my drift yeah. but they'll be like oh I love this song oh who's who's, who's singing yeah. this oh it's a little little twist little mashup they did a lot of mashups i love a mashup um and yeah if you've not heard them i would highly recommend checking them out because i i think yeah i think they're pretty fabulous i think i've checked them out once before and i really like them because they mm. are in that vein of like 
chilling, maxing, and relaxing, which is what I enjoy doing quite a bit. It feels very um, what's it? The BBC One, BBC Radio Live Lounge. Oh, BBC yes, Two Live Lounge. Live Lounge. Yes, it yes. feels very that you know when you've got like um, Harry's done a number of covers that are are delightful. Miley's done a number of covers that are delightful. I feel like Lizzo's done a cover that was really cool. L- Lizzo, Lizzo did watermelon. Did, did Lizzo do watermelon and sugar? Or was that Miley? Um, Miley did a Miley did a really great Arctic Monkeys cover in there. Um, Harry did a cover of Wet Leg. Um, oh mom. yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Very good cover by him there. Taylor Swift did a Riptide cover that started off a whole bunch of gay fantasies. Hmm. Um, some brilliant covers on there. The point being, if you if you're into like live lounge covers, you will love Pumplemousse. Yes, I I think everybody should give them a good listen and kind of yeah. let them tickle your member berries. Yeah, <laughs> and I've got a feeling that's where like the obscure names are going to end on this list. So, <laughs> tell me who's your number four? <laughs> um, Fleetwood Mac. Every yeah. year, Fleetwood Mac just changes positions in at least mm. the top five. R.I.P. Mm. To um, R.I.P. To, to Christine, Christine McVie, yeah, Christine yeah. McVie, um, who I think had one of the greatest little pieces of pop culture history ever mm. when she wrote a song called "You Make Loving Fun" about the person that she was cheating on her husband with, <laughs> and her husband then had to sing it for the rest of his career. <laughs> Probably still will after. Her I was going to quote landslide for her. Um, I was I was going to give her that, but <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no. That is that's my favorite fact. Uh, you know that is one way. To it's do great. It. I mean, you, we we love a mess on this podcast, so <laughs> let's let's remember her that way. <laughs> who's your Who's your number four? <laughs> My number four is Miss Florence and her machine. <laughs> yeah. That was a great record this year that she put out. That was so record. good. Yeah. Um, and not to spoil my songs list, but she features in that as well. Um fun fact for, for Miss Florence and the Machine, she lives in my neighborhood. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. Nice. We're we're Camberwell sisters, Florence and I. <laughs> That's so nice, though. That'll mean she... nothing to anyone who doesn't live in London or around London, but <laughs> I put it that oh. we're Southeast London sisters. Put it that way. <laughs> You'll see a wonder on the bus yeah. <laughs> next to you. Uh... I mean, you say that, but my housemates have seen her several times. Yeah, Fair I enough. have yet to. I've only recently discovered this about her that she that she lives in the neighborhood, and I will be keeping an eye out from now on. <laughs> She has a great interview about this new record on Radio mm. 2, which you can listen to in the BBC Sounds app, BBC Sounds app anytime, mm. um, where she just talks about how it's a reflection on um, just getting to her big age and, and realizing a whole bunch of stuff about herself. Like she's yeah. more of a homebody than ever, and her dad is actually the go out party one, <laughs> um, which I thought was a really cute little thing. Yeah. Um, Right. Well, who's at your number three? <laughs> it's Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, Listen, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with her. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I've, I think I've heard that name before. Yeah. Taylor, listen, Swift. Um, <laughs> listen, what what happened was you see what had happened was <laughs> is she released Evermore and Folklore, and they've just never let me go. 
Like, I just, I love those records. The two of them together, I think, are yeah. the best work for me. Um, they're just so beautifully miserable. And I love a miserable song. Um, you do, yeah. I yeah. love a miserable song. I yeah. think last year I had Phoebe Bridges in the spot. Um, <laughs> so maybe I just need a hug. Who's to say? But... <laughs> <laughs> I did I did see someone on TikTok sort of talking about what your favorite artist meant for you as a person and when he did get to taylor he was just like go to therapy please please <laughs> go to, to therapy, therapy with me. <laughs> just holding up my top artist to the therapist like please help um taylor but... swift is my number two on my list uh... um but and i think you, you yeah. mentioned you mentioned folklore evermore i think that's part of why i think taylor is at my number two because again spoiler she doesn't feature in my top five songs of the year but I think because you had been talking about folklore evermore and it was sort of one of your birthday wish wish list items was was the That's albums. Um, and so because I got you one of those albums for your birthday, I was like, I should probably give these albums another chance because I remember listening to them when they came out and they didn't make a lot of impact on me at, at the time. So during a, a time of the year where it was very cold, um, in the UK and I was and I was feeling very cold and frosty and going on like morning walks and everything was crisp I gave I gave the albums another couple of listenings to um, and and it came to appreciate them far more and of course later in the year she went and released her new album um, in Midnights and yeah. we've discussed that on on the pod before um, and being a huge fan of that and listening to that a whole bunch um <laughs> but who's who's actually your number three my number three is harry styles harry! <laughs> um yeah i think that that is self-explanatory that goes without saying i think wow. it's something i mean not entirely goes without saying because it, i've sort of seen a lot of stuff around the spotify wrapped and, and around the sort of um whole thing of it where people are just like gay people don't have any male artists in their in their lists and i'm like well <laughs> got at least I got a one. Camp one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i also have ari um thundercat is yeah. i think um identifies as he him but you know mm. um but ari's the other dude <laughs> in there yeah um, he's actually in my number two spot. So we just kind yeah, of we we flip flop there. Around. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um he's yeah. very he's very very the album that he put out this year was in high rotation for me. So good. I mean it was such so good. good. Such yeah. a good record. And I know I mean he's had no flops. Good. He's had no flops in his discography. He's good Let's at music. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, he's good at music. He's good at giving you a beautiful song. That is I would pop. Say he's pure pop. Great at music. I mean, we've talked about his acting being just good, if not bad. Yeah. Music, great. Music, mu yeah, music yeah. he's good at. And I think yeah. what's interesting about him, and I think um, Maggie Rogers also put an auto record this year, him and Maggie Rogers and a few other people are a part of a writing group, which I might have mm. mentioned before. Mm. So they would go over to Joni Mitchell's house and be sat oh, in Joni God. Mitchell's lounge with like Ellen and Portia. And a few other people <laughs> and Kid Harpoon, who's Harry's big producer, and be sat there and sort of just pitch songs mm. and work on songs together and do things. And um, I think 
obviously Joni Mitchell listened to this record first. Stevie mm. Nicks also listened to this huh. Harry record first, and they all They're gave dropping it the names approval. left, right, and center. Bloody yeah. hell! <laughs> they, he, I mean, they liked it, yeah. so I don't feel he's, bad. He's a popular. He's a popular boy, and and for good yeah. reason. So much of so so many of the songs on 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 Harry's house really really resonated. Yeah. for me and really really hit me it hit me where i felt them and it and yeah yeah and harry, the album a lot this year me too and harry's house is a reference to obviously a Joni mitchell um a, yeah. a Joni mitchell reference because Joni um definitely was a big influence on this record i think mm. you can you can hear it too i think mm. what's nice about this record too that I enjoyed is that it works in headphones, it works on speakers, mm, and it works mm, in the car. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference. Mixing actually mm. makes a huge difference for me um, yeah. when I'm listening to pop records, especially. I think some people have gone a bit too much for the soft um, verse loud chorus thing, and it just mm. kind of turns me off a bit. Mm. Right. But- well, I think. <laughs> Wait, one. one. We should talk about our ones then. We should get to number one. And I've got a feeling about this one. So I'm going to say on the count of three. Okay. Do we well. say who our number ones are? Yeah. Three, two, two. one. One. Beyonce. Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> We're gay. Uh, <laughs> sloppy. It doesn't, it can't, no. It's, there's no. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. Um... <laughs> It's, you know, I mean, I mean, it had a hold on me. I am in, I spent 1,503 minutes listening to the record (laughs) this year. I'm in the top 0.5, you know, Beyonce listeners in the world. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. I don't think it is. I think like it's, (sighs) it's just. Love again in the, in that same TikTok I quoted earlier, where it was like Taylor Swift to go to therapy. Beyonce <laughs> was just like, "What is there to say about this?" Saying that Beyonce <laughs> is your top artist is like saying you breathe oxygen. Like it just, <laughs> like of course she is. <laughs> um, I mean she's not the top of everyone's list, and and as evidenced by the fact that like as, whenever she released new music, whenever Beyonce's in the lexicon, there's always at least five people who crawl out of the woodwork and go. Actually, I'm not a huge fan of being like mm. fuck off. Nobody yeah. asked you. Nobody. <laughs> Let people Literally enjoy no things. Oh, exactly. Jesus. No one asked you number one. Number two, if you don't like a record, there are so many other records there for you. I think And if this... you don't like seeing everybody talk about Beyonce, it is so easy yeah. to just, just mute. mute just mute. mute. Just mute phrases. I've got so many things muted on my I'm so quick. To preserve yeah. my peace, I'm so quick with that with that block mute button on on twitter i'm i my muted phrases are numerous so my advice if you don't if you don't like that people like things just mute that thing exactly and let the people enjoy the thing like come on because folks this was a good record this this fucking record that fucking disco pony that she just strided into our lives with I mean, I'm still, I'm still pressed that she teased visuals. Yeah. On release I... week. She doesn't give a fuck Where is about it? us. She Where couldn't care less. Is it 
Mrs. Knowles, where, asked, where is it? <laughs> the more we ask, the less, it's like, I just feel like <sighs> not only there's this great thing that happens after Spotify rap where the artist you listen to the most send you a little thing to whoever uh, their top listeners were and they go, oh, you know, thank you so much for listening. Doja Cat did it. Taylor Swift did it. Mm. Harry didn't do it, I assume, because he just went through a breakup. But Beyonce, 0. And he's been touring his little listener. butt off, yeah. It's, I, top five, like zero point five listeners, not a word, not a note. No. She didn't give a She was like, she doesn't care that she hasn't. She's not bothered. Out. She 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 released it. She's done. She's moved on. She's like, it's your problem. Now. And I know that we should all move on with her, but like, not gonna. If she'd not teased anything, I would have moved on. I would have been fine. I would have got on with my life and and be none the none the wiser. Why drop a teaser for visuals that you're never gonna release? I'm fine. I'm fine. It, it's it's. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm. I'm <laughs> grateful for the album. I'm very grateful for the album. It's true. She I'm gave very us grateful something. for the music. Thank you for the music, Beyonce. Thank for the you songs for the we're singing out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Abba references. Um, it was like I just feel like she kind of was like I released it, and I don't feel like releasing these visuals, so I'm not gonna because who's gonna make me? No one's gonna make. And me no make one's me. going to. No. You can't tell Beyonce nothing. <laughs> you can't. Also, she released Cuff It. I mean. Listening to Cuffit, I'm like, nobody should ever tell her anything in the world again. That song, I'm not going to go <laughs> on about it. But literally, like, you just have, you have Nile Rogers on, you have Sheila E on it. You have just pure art on that record. <laughs> one of my favorite songs she's ever done. One of my favorite songs of the past decade. That is a record boy. My, one of my most played songs was uh, Break well, My let's Soul. Well, talk, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about that. it. Who's um, who's bringing in your number five on your top five songs list? Um, so let's go through this. I listened to twenty four thousand seven hundred and ninety eight minutes of music this year. Wow, that's ninety three percent more than most South Africans. God help me. <laughs> um, okay, at number five, mm. I have Alien Superstar. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites on the album. It's not in my top five because I, I think my my top five is surprisingly varied. But like, Alien Superstar is is one of my favorites. It's some, it's one of the ones that grew on me. I remember mm-hmm. people being quite instantly obsessed with it when the album came out. I wasn't. Out. I, I was wasn't, not no. that person. I was like, it's it's no. okay. It it yeah. didn't immediately jump out to me. But the more I listened to it, the more I fell in love with it. And it is in my top three of that album for sure. For sure. The more I saw gay people react to it, the more I got into it. Yeah. Yeah, the more people... the more it like flooded my TikTok. The more I was like, okay, points. I think were gay made. people and Kiki Palmer, Kiki Palmer and gay people were the reason I, I fell in love with that song. But that's yeah, my number yeah. five. What's your number five? My number five is also fairly gay. Yeah, um, yeah. it is "Beg for You" by Charlie XCX. <laughs> that's featuring, not fairly gay. Featuring that's Rita gay. Soyama. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly gay. <laughs> yeah, I, just, 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 just a touch, just a, just a, just a hint. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very gay record. It's a great yeah. record, though. If, yeah. if like people should listen to that thing more. Uh, and it's it's been in my top five since very early on in the year, and it has not moved down. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very good track. Yeah. Um, I love Charlie XX. So. Right, who's at number four? What's at number four? Um, there's not a lot of variation in here. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, but at four we have the one little bit of difference. Um, late night talking by Mister Harry. Styles. Oh, okay. 
I'm okay. a romantic. I'm That's a an interesting choice on that from that album. That's an interesting one. I just I like it because it's just about that thing where you first start dating somebody and you just mm. enjoy chatting to them about anything and everything at any time mm. that they can. And that's how I feel about my wife. So it just made me think Aww. about being a married cheese ball. I like that record. Softy. I am. Aren't you so cute? <laughs> I'm made out you. of pudding, but I'm also very tough. <laughs> tough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your number four? <laughs> My number four um, is Hello, Hello by Trixie Mattel. <laughs> there are no straight songs on this on this top five. There really aren't. Yeah. I think this this year was a big year for me in, in terms of my obsession with Trixie Mattel. I've always liked Trixie Mattel, but I think this year is the year I went all in on, on, on Ms. Trixie Mattel. Big fan. Big fan of everything she does, and she does so much. She does so much. I don't know if yeah. she sleeps, um, <laughs> but that that's a very good record from her. Great video from her where she that dances. That video is so she looks good, so cunty, so simple, so but yeah. just perfectly executed. And and the song is great. The song's a bop, yeah. And it's memeable too. I mean, yeah. it's correct me if I'm wrong, but I think about it's that moment where you see somebody fit and you go, mm, mm-hmm. "Hello, hey. yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just such a sexy record too. It's like hello. Yeah. Um, Isn't your number three? Um, Beyonce, <laughs> Noel's Carter, uh, with Cuff It. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Cuff It I'm is so Cuff It is one of the songs that I think has been absorbed by the by the sort of pop culture machine mm. that I have not entirely gotten on board with. I like it, no. but I don't. It's not in my top five of that album, personally. That was actually my first li- listen to the record because I listened to the record when it came out mm. all the way through because I like to give everything a chance that way. Um, and that was one of the ones I stood out with just because I like 70s music. Mm. Um, so that just, it sounded so 70s to me. It sounded mm. so funky to me. And it just has a well, beautiful Well, so much of the album sound. is that is that sort of 70s disco vibe yeah 70s it, it, 80s it has it it definitely for me i enjoyed it i think i am getting over it a bit now because of tiktok um yeah. and the number of people who ha- can't move their legs in time with anytime it. it's an actual like tiktok dance yeah tiktok starts to lose me with the trend i think that's what mm. alien superstar was not a dance people just tended to like put it underneath like epic epic footage or just like in like super cuts of stuff. And I think that's a much more effective marketing strategy on TikTok for me personally. That not might to be honest, it was I'm involved elderly, in any way. But, you know, yeah. yeah. Not to Beyonce was involved in marketing any of her music in any Oh no, way. of course not. Of course not. She, she doesn't need to be. Yeah, she, she doesn't need to be. She don't care. And speaking um, of Miss Knowles, she my number three is also <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> but with Break My Soul at number three. I think purely purely for the fact that like the song came out so much earlier than any of the other songs I think that's how it's it's so much higher I think Alien Superstar, Pure Honey and like Summer Renaissance are all on like the outside of my top five I'm pretty sure they're like my six seven and eight are Alien Superstar, Summer Renaissance and Pure Honey yeah, because they um, came out a bit later, but you're gonna love my yeah. number two. <laughs> I don't want to spoil I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a swing here and 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 put on my psychic hat and say that it is also <laughs> break my soul. 
you gotta love that we're on the same page yeah you, know? you, gotta, love you gotta love that we're on we're on very similar pages of this book <laughs> this yeah book i mean called life. <laughs> i want the charlie xtx made me laugh so much because <laughs> room for room is like my number six <laughs> <laughs> Um, um and okay break my soul is my number two because they yeah. did try and break my soul several times this year so <laughs> yeah yeah close. they, they it, did it the darndest yeah it was it was real close um, and i i very much i feel like i very much took that sort of to heart that whole the whole yeah. sort of messaging behind behind that song is just like i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to break myself into for for jobs that don't care about me so i'm like, gonna exactly yeah I played it full blast one day in the office. I'm not gonna full on do what Beyonce says and just like quit everything because no, we're not um, billionaires. That's that's also not for that's also that's not, not for, for us. The, that's not for the mentally unwell. That's that's not it's a not message you want to give to the mentally unwell. That's it's <laughs> she did it's like say... that classic TikTok where people jump and they're like, just go for it, do it, and people jump in like ah. Uh-uh. Not, not for us. No, not for no. us. Yeah. Not us. Um, no. mostly because we have to keep our jobs. Rent is due. We could yeah. release our trade, but uh, my <laughs> nephews listen to that, so please don't Google that voice. Uh, and don't do that uh, until you're eighteen. <laughs> right, moving swiftly along. My number two <laughs> is "Free" by Florence and the Machine. Great record. This is so good. The number of times that I have absolutely white boy danced my little heart out to that song and just flailed my limbs about to to the manic beat of that song. And it's just like lyrically as well. It's just so like, it's very much, just very much talking about sort of anxiety with the song and very much how it, it just can be so overwhelming and when you sort of get get out of it it's like oh god i'm free free of it free of it for now um love the song love the, the video song so too much. i think was such a oh, good representation of, of yeah. the song i'm youtube i don't think will run down my top most place videos but <laughs> i believe they do that they do, i believe that they do I, do that yeah they do, i've not, that, I've not that done it for myself but I, I i believe they do you sent me that video and i watched it yeah. and nicole and i watch it most evenings just because it yeah. was it's so good and that beat sounds another mm-hmm. great thing about that song is just how the drums sound i think mm-hmm. if you just listen to the drums oh it's just so beautiful such a mm. great record her vocals are great i've seen footage of her performing it live too i haven't been able to see her live but i've yeah, seen no, footage of neither. her performing yeah. it live and it's just so good as well yeah that's a record right have you got a number one Um, it's um, it's Harry Styles. Um, with as it was. Let me tell you. Same. Same <laughs> 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 uh, person. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> insufferable to those listening we can only apologize but sorry <laughs> but i love you dearly <laughs> i love you dearly um listen we can both agree that was a record boy that's i mean song. that's the song of the spring you know yeah. you know yep listen to on repeat for a solid three months Whether i could listen to it now i could listen to yeah. it now on repeat it is just good song and i think it's one of those like beautiful 
songs for me, which is just, it's an absolute bop. Yeah. But it also stabs you in the heart. It's lyrics are so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nostalgic. Yeah. It's like, it's dripping in nostalgia and heartbreak mm-hmm. and all the while being an absolute bop. And that's, that's the genre of music that I truly do enjoy. I love it because the lyrics are nostalgic, but also the overall sonic feel of it is nostalgic. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. like, if you like 80s tunes, it obviously is synthy. It sounds a lot like AHA. Um, but what's great mm-hmm. about it that makes it a little bit different is just the hopefulness that is in the aha song is mm-hmm. not in that song if you look at the lyrics it's mm-hmm. it's very sad yeah. but harry sings it in a way that the his vocals float on top of that mm-hmm. epic um not chaotic but definitely fast mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. song so he's just kind of floating well that's going very fast oh it's just yeah. brilliant i think brilliant yeah uh, agreed and it is the song that keeps on giving it. It's again all over TikTok on its release. Yeah. It's popped up a couple more times. It's it's making the rounds again with a TikTok dance. So I may I may start oh, yeah. to lose interest in it yeah. now. Unfortunately, yeah. I think it is like a cover of it, but but still, um, I've not got sick of it yet. I've seen a couple of a couple of them, and and I still find them charming. I just saw one. I think I believe I sent it to you just now. Where it's um, I think the cast of a production of um, The Wiz. Oh, doing it and in... <laughs> haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> I know. But yeah, just doing it in the dressing room, and I'm like, that's love that. Oh, it's such a it's such a good record. Um, yeah. I love I love all of these songs. I love music. Yeah, it's really unashamedly. Cool I feel no shame. Oh, You're no. just like, oh, Beyonce at number one is so embarrassing, and the number I'm like, it's not. It's not. <laughs> People's it's it, it goes to that thing of like people ask like what is your guilty pleasure? And I'm like, I do not for one second feel guilty for things that bring me pleasure. So this That this is list, actually true. The the five artists, the five songs you've mentioned, I am I'm incredibly proud to say it with my whole chest that I, I loved I love this music and I yeah. I think you're right. And I love I think... the music that you've put forward to as well. So I love all of your choices. You know I do. I think the stats, the data also verifies that we're very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's what are maybe those not like... in the, the the exact same boat, but we're on the same stretch of river, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think what it was for me that was kind of embarrassing, which I think a lot of people, a lot of gay people, seeing the data <laughs> shown back to them, were like, "God, I'm gay." And I was just like, I'm, I'm so- like, yeah, of course you are. You're, you're married to a woman. Of course you're gay. I'm, I'm just so <laughs> like, gay. What did you expect? Um, I don't know. <laughs> and just as like, <sighs> like that whole like take on Twitter, I'm like, this is not original. This is no. not an original thought. You know you're gay. I'm so gay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our time. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on socials, we are at girlsgaysdays underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. And join us again next week for another sip of queer culture. Cheers. Cheers.